You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro. David Shapiro is the Deputy Chairman of Sassfin Securities in Johannesburg. David, there's only one story today, really. And I know it's a one-day event or maybe a two-day event, but to see the oil price, the West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil Price, in other words, the stuff that's produced in the United States of America in Texas, down 40% about an hour and a half ago. I've never seen anything like it. No, no, I don't, I don't know what the comparatives are. I don't know when there was last a move like this, only under some extreme conditions, but all to do with uh, with the futures markets, you yes. know, with traders who are in between, uh, who who don't want to roll over the contract simply because they've got nowhere to actually store the oil. You know, one thing that uh, in in the commodities markets, and I haven't been there. I think you've been closer to to this than than I have. Mm. Sometimes you actually have to take deliver of the pork bellies or the orange juice or or the gold or whatever it is, and you've got to store it. In this case, there's nowhere to store it. So the difference, is, I mean, it, it's quite staggering. It hasn't had a major impact on. On, on markets, markets seem to be brushing it aside. Individual stocks are down and that, but um, I think there's a hope that this is just going to blow over. You mm-hmm. know that that future. Sorry, the May June July contracts are are a little better and that it will stabilise. But I mean, if you if you actually think of oil at those levels, it has an enormous impact on the American economy at a time where it's all already in lockdown. You know, oil is a big element of 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 american uh, you know of american production of uh, uh, the the frackers the service sectors the whole thing the refiners all of this so, so you can't just brush it aside. You can't brush it aside, but what you can do is if you did have any storage facilities, if you did have a, a tanker in your yeah. garden, you could say to yourself, I can now buy oil. Well, mm. it, was, it was below $11 a barrel earlier on. It's, uh, it's rallied massively now to $12.33, which is down <laughs> around about $6 a barrel or 32.5% from being down 40%. But if you can take delivery of it now and it doesn't cost you too much to, to store it, you could make an absolute killing because you look at Brent crude oil, the, the near futures month, it's $27.02 yeah. a barrel, only down nearly 4%. The amount of money that is being made and lost with these arbitrage trades, and I keep on saying it, and what they call EFP, exchanging futures for physical, is staggering. People are being carried out and people are laughing all the way to the bank as well. Yeah. Now, it's you know that that's what markets are, and that's what happens where you get these dislocations, where you get these huge movements. But you know, Lindsay, there's I've got to do a presentation on Wednesday, just a follow up to some a client presentation that I did, and there's three markets that are developing. The one is the you know when I say within the market, there are three markets. The one is Oh, you know, it's going to be tech. It's going to be health. Yes, I'm on that side. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like the story because that's it. Then you've got the oil story. You know, that's another market. That's another story that's distorting everything. You know, the the negative. It's a negative story. And then there's a third market as well where everybody's watching, and that's China and Europe. You know, China uh, coming out of lockdown. Is it is it going to reoccur? Sorry, is uh, is the coronavirus going to come back again and increase infections? Are uh, they reducing rates? What is the Chinese consumer doing? What's happening there as well? And that's also another influence uh, on the markets. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm saying there are three. In other words, there are three different areas to watch when you watch market. And I suppose we can just put everything else 
uh, in between, you know, you know, or somewhere else as well, the American consumer and so on. But there are different dynamics yeah. um, that are unfolding now. But the oil one is don't don't write it off. You know, this is this can have long term ramifications and is is as serious as the coronavirus side of it, even though there's some kind of link, you know, the demand link. If I was an airline and then realizing that in probably around about three to six months' time, depending on where your airline is, I would say to myself now, okay, uh, I'm going to borrow some money from the bank. I know that um, the demand will return. It may be in a, in a rush. It may be a boom. It may be a big bang. Uh, but anyway, demand will return because people do have to – People do have to fly, whether it be for business or for pleasure, mm-hmm. but it will. I would be hedging now. If I could get some clever investment banker, Absolutely. and I would be buying two, three years forward now at these prices, because there's no way. I mean, crude has now fallen mm-hmm. since we've been speaking nah. to now down 38.5%, uh, $11.22 a barrel for the spot price, and Brent crude is now down 5% mm-hmm. to 26.70. David, it was $70 yeah. a barrel this year when oh, yeah. Iran and America no, no. had a little bit of a, a playground spot. Yeah. Do you remember? No. Yes, of course. Yeah, I know. And and the views were that it was going to go higher. You know, if it did escalate. Mm. Uh, now, now you back. I don't know how far back we are. I remember at one point uh, oil was down at ten dollars a barrel. It's at the worst levels ever. I can't remember. I've lost uh, you know uh, a feeling of time. But but uh, we've seen it before then. But mm. but but this is crazy. You know, the cost of production's got to be a lot higher wherever you are, even if you are in the Middle East. So you're dead right for the airlines and that. They haven't got money. That's the only problem. They're in such trouble themselves just trying to survive. But, I mean, down the line, uh, someone's going to make a lot of money. They could make a lot of money out of something like this. Maybe this is when you go to Buffett and say, listen, just just uh, lend us about $10 billion or something like that, you know, <laughs> buy oil for us or, or help. Because he's got airlines. I think he, he owns some airlines. But he doesn't, right, know. doesn't he own a private mm. – uh, he owns um, a private he, jet he company, owns, doesn't yeah, he? NetJets. Net uh, net net, net mm. They're going to win. That, that, they're going to win because I think people are so nervous to catch uh, 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 the normal carriers – uh, domestic carriers that they're going to want to fly private jet and they'll be able to, you know, typical businessmen will be able to justify it to their board, say, listen, you know, don't put us uh, with those smelly people or those infected people. Please fire us and, <laughs> nice. and, and what's the name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the oil yeah. price chart up. It says here 504 yeah. gateway timeout. I don't know what that means. But anyway, it was <laughs> it, it, within our trading <laughs> lifetimes, David, it was $10, $11 a barrel. 1973, yeah. it went from 10 yeah. and that was when the oil price shock came <laughs> and started going. But it has been to 10, 11 in recent yeah. history anyway so it's a double yeah, bottom it has it, it's somewhere down the line yeah i'm just trying to look what's happening in in america at the moment as we you know as we as we talk which shares are are under pressure on the in, in the u.s stock market uh i would imagine that that it's a lot has to do with oil so so yeah so we're looking at these. These are uh, Delphi. I don't know what Delphi does, but Apache is three point eight nine. Um, Exxon down three and a half percent. Chevron down three and a quarter percent. Schlumberger. I never. Why Schlumberger? I never understand. You're, you're in the NV. What is the NV? Is that the Virgin Islands or something? But uh, I don't know. down three and a quarter percent. <laughs> uh, you know, but Schlumberg. It's Schlumberg, isn't it German? I don't know why they say Schlumberger, but uh, I don't know where they get it up. The Americans, it's like Van Gogh, which is Van Gogh. But um, Brown Foreman and other, uh, that's booze. 
and, and so on. Mohawk down 2.7. So most of those are the stocks that are actually bringing it down. Eh? I would have thought there might have been more of a, um, a sell-off uh, you know, in those stocks at the moment, but I suppose they, they're looking beyond uh, this month. Yeah, this is just a, this is just a headline mm. thing, and tomorrow it'll be the, the next month, which is the it's, it's just to clarify the the May futures contract, which is the near futures contract, expires tomorrow evening, and it's going to therefore then be taken over by June, and June will probably be about five six dollars higher. But we'll we'll see. But anyway, it's a yeah. spot it's a spot problem because there's no storage facilities. What about South Africa, uh, David? Yeah. The, the rand's still under a little bit of pressure. Mm. Um, I, one thing I did notice today, which I spoke to Nick Kunzer about this morning on the open was a, a Saudi Arabian company has taken a 5% stake in Barlow World and I put forward the theory that the Saudis have suddenly decided that with the oil price are getting stuffed and they are stuffing it because they're the ones that are mm-hmm. doing it they're saying we're going to use the money that we've accumulated and the money that we have in our back pocket to start to buy other things they bought into cruise line uh, companies that was about two weeks ago and they've bought yeah. this Saudi Arabian logistics company or tractor company has bought into Barlow World 5% I think that's quite meaningful don't you? Well, it is. I, I, I don't know what they see in it, uh, unless it's just the size of the stake. You know, but it's, it's a fairly decent company. Exposure to yellow metal, that's Caterpillar, mm. uh, which they supply in – they sold the Iberian run, but they supply in, in Russia – Mining and they, they, they're in Africa. Uh, a lot of the money there is made in the after service rather than the actual sale. Uh, they're in logistics here. They're in motors. They're in, you know, fairly, they're, they're also in mining, mining equipment. Um, so yeah, it's a reasonable company. It's not, it's, if, if you look back on its history, it's not, it's nowhere near where it used to be. You know, Barlow's was at one stage one of the, the pillars of the South African industrial you know, when, when, when we were an industrial giant. But I think today I don't think their market value is more than a few billion rands. So I suppose 5% or something is not, a, is not an enormous amount of money. But, but still, you know, it, 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 it's still got a lot of history around it. I'm trying to find the, the, um, where they are at the moment, what their market cap is. But, yeah, look, it, it, it's okay. I mean, it's 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 a fairly decent company, but I'm not sure I'm not sure what the you know what the attraction is. Yeah, you know, market cap thirteen billion. That's okay. Medium That's sized. Right. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Medium to large in the South African context. What what is the company's uh, Silchester International Investments or all partners? Do you know a company called Silchester? Is it just a name that doesn't hide, but is, no, is, is more familiar when you when you dig deep below the name of Silchester? Do you know what they are? No. I'd have to look at that. No, I've got no one. Because they've taken a stake in Tiger Brands. Now, this interests me as well. He's I come, can't see that. People are starting to have it. Here we go. Acquisition of securities by Silchester International Investors, LLP. Um, it now amounts, they now own 15.01% of the total issued ordinary shares of Tiger Brands. Now, I mean, I don't want to say anything, but I mean, because I'm a headline reader and I'm not as assiduous as you when it comes to analysing companies. But I think, the, I think the point here is that when Pioneer Foods, yeah. when Pioneer Foods was taken out by mm-hmm. PepsiCo, everyone, I, I, one of the things I put forward in the days after that was who's next, because people will say, well, if PepsiCo can do it, then we can do it. And the name that kept on coming up was Tiger Brands. Do you think someone's going for Tiger Brands here? That could be interesting. It looks like it. Silchester Investments, formed in 1994 to specialize in international equity investments, 
uh, primarily on behalf of institutional, seeks to earn, I don't know where that's from. No, they, they seem they've got their own Wikipedia page, so, uh, mm-hmm. the, the, but there's not much on it. Uh, Stephen Butt, Michael John Cowan, Timothy Lineham. So I don't know. Maybe it is a, it's a private equity business. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously seeing something there. Whether they see it, listen, you know, to be fair, Tiger Brands is, I mean, if you dig deep, it's, it's a very, it, it makes bread. It makes bread, cereal and, you know, basic, uh, food stuff. Biscuits, it's got a lot of good brands, you know, fast-moving consumer brands. Uh, it's Beacon Sweets, it's Koo, you know, Koo Baked Beans. <laughs> it's got the fruit, the city of fruit down in the Cape. So, you know, this is a, it's a seriously good business. Yeah. But um, if you look through it, it makes bread. And uh, what's, what's, what, what's a new word for millimeal? I don't know what millimeal is today. What's the politically correct way to describe it? Why is it, uh, in, why is it? Maize meal, sorry. Oh, well, a maize meal, I think, I think just makes it more accepted. Millimeal seems to be a little, um, downbeat. But I mean, it's how they make maize meal. So, and that's, the, those are the basic starters. At the end of the day, it's actually a commodity company in the sense that they deal in wheat and, and maize. And, you know, it depends on at what price they buy it and how they can convert it, how they do, how they do business. But fundamentally, it's a good business. I mean, it's, 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 it's a food producer. In a continent like Africa, which I suppose that's the attraction. Okay, let's wait. Let's see. Let's see where this, where it can go. But at fifteen percent, they're starting to, to build up a meaningful stake. You know where they can start to have some kind of influence over where the company goes. Yes, we'll, we'll watch that one. Which hasn't covered itself in glory. You know, after the who was the um, manager? Who was the CEO that also oh, didn't cover himself in glory? I can't remember his name. He went Peter from one. McClary. That's the one, and, yeah. Uh, and where, did he he, where, where was Nigeria. he before then? Where was he before then? I don't know. I thought he was a media man. I think he was a media, but he's a, he's a, he's a gentleman. He speaks with the, a proper Oxford accent. You know, he's got a very good voice. Uh, went into Nigeria. I think they blew up about two billion in a month or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you know, the Nigerians saw them coming. And, uh, just two billion rand later, I think I can't remember my numbers. And then we had the listeriosis issue as well. Yes. Which is, uh, so they've gone through a few hurdles, hoops and hurdles recently. But I mean, take it all away. There's some good brands as we've seen, as with uh, other food manufacturers, even Pioneer, uh, you know, some solid underneath brands. He used to be, he used to be Vodacom. That's it. He was was Vodacom. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Okay. He 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 was Fair there. Wrong. But anyway, yeah, I I always enjoyed interviewing him. He's a very nice chap, as you say. No, very dapper, he, very he uh, very very, very dapper, refi- very dapper, very refined. Pinstripe suits, mm. all those sort of things. Yeah. But but you you don't want to take over a trading company, you know. If, if you've come from um, that kind, you you've got to be rough and you got to be rough and tumble to do to go into the commodity markets. We used to do the audit many many years ago when I was at Schwartz Fine. Uh, and one of the best things I used to do was to count the peanuts, you know, for black cat peanut butter. And, um, we used to do stock counts and you'd go and see heaps and mounds of, of, of peanuts, you know, that were going to be put into the peanut butter. So, and there was always a decent smell there. So I, I enjoyed that. Did you say you used to go and count the peanuts? Is that what you just said? Mm-hmm. You're well, not a bean you counter, know, when, you were a peanut when you're counter. In order to, yeah, what well, was a peanut, a peanut counter. You know, when you're in auditing, 
sometimes you just have to do every every now and again they have stock takes which we used to do in the half year mm. and you've got to just go and test the authenticity of their stock takes so you do test checking how do you ever test a mound of peanuts i have no idea but we tried <laughs> you never knew what was in the middle you know what i mean because it's a mound of peanuts so you didn't know if you really dug deep what you really find there Okay, but, but, but it was one of the better audits, yeah. Yeah, yeah sounds fun, yeah. I'm sure you got a couple of free packets for yourself. Uh, David, just so, as we're on the subject of food, you sort of made me a little bit misty-eyed there because you mentioned the word mealy. When I first came to Johannesburg, I was obviously very green. I didn't know anything about South Africa. In fact, when I flew here, I thought that Johannesburg was on the coast and I brought a little surfboard and everything. And uh, this is true, even though, even though I got a degree in geography, that's how stupid I was. I didn't even look it up on the map. But anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is that when I moved into a little place in Bryanston, um, extension 27 or something like that, that's where they put me, the company that employed me, the, the mealy lady used to come round at around yeah. about four or five mm. o'clock and, 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 and mm. shouting in a very lyrical voice, mealies and those beautiful big white mealies, mm. which I was addicted mm. to, smother them in butter. They were absolutely delicious. Do, these, mm. do they still do that? I, I've just done one now. I promise you, if, I, if this was a video conference, you would see on my, just the other side of my screen now, is a mealy. Which the white was, one? Uh, no, the yellow ones. Ah, okay. No, this was yellow. Now, the white ones are special, but this was, it's the same thing. This is yellow, and you, you put butter on, and then you put salt on, yeah. and you eat it off, off the cob, corn off the cob. But it's, it really is delicious, and it's very, it, 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 you know, I don't know whether it's healthy, but it's, it's. Well, it's, it's sugar and carbohydrates mainly, but I mean, it's got yeah. a lot of fiber in it as well. Mm, but the course. white ones, I, mean, I, I, I really miss the, yeah, I really yeah. miss the white ones. Where's the mealy lady of my, of my youth, David? <laughs> We're going. They're still around. Mm. They got, they got the, they, sure, they're still around. They put them in the sack in the back of their, um, the box, yeah. Mm. Probably not allowed to say that yeah. anymore, but anyway. <laughs> uh, what else is happening? We've got the S&P down about to one and a third percent. The gold price is fiddling around at um, uh, 1687, 1688, something like that. The oil price, let me just quickly put that up again because that is changing. Second by second, it's now down 38 and a third percent. Um, but overall, uh, it hasn't been a good start to the week, has it? It's got a sort of a nervous no. feel about no. it. I, Lindsay, I think we're in a nervous area at the moment in the market. I, uh, I'm thrilled that we've recovered half the losses, you know, the steep losses, but we're now in no man's land. Uh, I, I, I actually don't think, I think we've probably seen the worst of the selling. Um, you know, those who want to be out are out. I think the market by, by and large is actually short. There's a lot of cash floating around, but on the other hand, there's nothing to drag us in at the moment. You know, there's nothing to, to make it attractive. Uh, now we need the economy to get back on its feet. You know, so yes, the virus, the threat, gone. So we're in a, I think we're in a dull period, which is going to take a, a couple of months for us to get out. Mm. And, and, and that makes it difficult for us. So, um, it's, it's what do you do with your money at the moment? And, uh, do you take a punt on the market? My view is no real rush to do anything at the moment. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope we get results coming out of some of the tech companies and some of the pharmaceutical companies, which are great. You know, in your part of the wood, yes. do yourself a favor. There was, I, Phillips came out with numbers today. Right. And they were really good. And I like the CEO. You know, today it's a healthcare company and, and, uh, what, what, what staggers me, two of my best investments are come out of your part, you know, out of one is Philips, 
Gwynelok, you know, I don't know what they call it, Royal Philips. And the other is a company called ASML, which makes the, the machines that make the, that you have to buy if you want to make chips. Exactly. It's yes. a brilliant company. Yeah, they're both so, in, I think they're both in Eindhoven. I know Philips is in Eindhoven, um, but I think ASML is, is as well. And Eindhoven is, it's got a reputation be. actually as, as being a bit of a, uh, not a tech hub, could but be. certainly an innovative uh, hub. But yes, ASML is, an, is a name that I've been associated with for yeah. many years because of a, an asset management company that I do work for. They've loved it for years as well but yeah, you, it, yeah it's, it's one of those companies yeah. where you the, don't the, you, it's not a household name but the stuff that no. it does feeds the household names if you see what I mean absolutely brilliant technology and, and high end but the same as Philips you know Philips is the same They're, they've got precision diagnostic machines and uh, um, what the CEO of Philips did was kind of give you a view into the future where they're going with technology and the demand for their machines, the demand for uh, what are, you know, these precision machines that they make today. And also talking about uh, the ventilators that they're selling now and the technology behind it. So, they, you know, the shares are up about 3 or 4% today, I think, in a very difficult environment. But, you see, if you find the right kind of companies, you can do okay. But you've got to be very specific. This is not a – you can't buy the whole market. You know what I mean? You can't just go and buy the index or something. But within that – and, and, and the, you know, to me, that was one of the features, and I enjoyed him. And also, you know, the Dutch, you, you're surrounded by them. Yes, I am. Uh, they, they're not – they're dure, but precise. Yes, you know, they they, they You know what I mean? They're not uh, – Kaskops, you know, they're not uh, – uh, flamboyant in any way, but but really you can't fault their technology. So there you are. You know, in a global portfolio, I've got two stocks that that are very close to you. Um, but you're not doing anything South Africa. You're sitting on your hands. Is that what no, you're saying? I see MTN down about fifteen percent today, mm. which is which I I relate to Iran. I relate to Nigeria. I relate to the areas in which they are. Um, I'm very nervous of how an oil price that is falling, even if it's Brent down at twenty five twenty six, is going to impact the Middle East, going to impact Africa, going to impact those those nations, you know. And we the United States, of course, going. as the biggest well, producer. The, yeah, course. you know, it's, uh, don't underestimate that either. It's, it's, a, it's a story, but I mean, but the states can, they can print money, you know, they can get themselves out of it, but uh, how does Nigeria... How does Nigeria get themselves out of an oil price at about $25, $26? And the problem is with Nigeria is because it's the most populous nation in South Africa, in, mm. sorry, in Africa, on the African continent, mm. and it also has the biggest GDP, I think it is, or maybe it jostles between Egypt, South Africa, and Nigeria. I think probably Nigeria is the top at the moment. The problem is with a massive, massive population of, what, 160, 170 million, they, yeah. everyone says to me when I see a presentation about Africa and the FMCG, fast-moving consumer goods uh, possibilities, and a youthful population, and isn't that good? The youthful population can, can come back and bite you. The youthful population is good if you've got great economic growth and those people have jobs those young people have jobs if mm. they don't have jobs then it can yeah. lead to social unrest and mm. and and, and yeah. i don't yeah. know how to put it but but major uh, social problems yeah. if you see what i mean yeah yeah i i think and and uh they can get very restless you know can without without any prospect of of making money or building a career so i think yeah. i i'm concerned 
you know, this virus, I think, is, yes, initially we said we'd been through very, you know, we've been through various uh, uh, crises before, we've been through downturns and that, but this has got something different, you know, totally different. And I, I'm just, because it's got this added element of the oil price, which in a way is associated with it because uh, uh, its, it's demand has slid and demand has fallen so much that oil has come down. But there are other unintended consequences of that as well in terms of commodity prices coming down. And, so, and Africa, whichever way you look at it, is a commodity country. You know, I mean, not Africa, but most developing countries are make their money selling commodities. Mm. And we're not rich so I, I'm 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 concerned about you know emerging markets, uh, maybe not China, maybe not those, because we tend to put into the same category as them. You know, where where analysts like emerging markets and say that, but they're talking about South Korea and they're talking about uh, China and Indonesia and Malaysia. But when you look at Africa and when you look at South America and those nations, I'm very nervous. Okay, um, David. I, d- I don't want to say this to you, but well, New York crude, mm-hmm. 10.94, down 40%. That's on the screen at the moment. Brent down 5% at $26. Okay, I'm just (laughs) going to put that down. I can put that on oilprice.com. If anyone wants a really good website, it's got 150. This page isn't working. What does it mean? It's unable to. You know what it says? It says oilprice.com is currently unable to handle this request. Do you know why? Because so many people are on it. It is completely overloaded. Okay, so we've got a 40% fall in crude. It'll work its way in the system. This, to me, is forced selling. And what I said to Nick Kunza this morning, there's a Singapore-based, very secretive fuel oil price trading company, and it it handles both futures and physical. Obviously, the physical and the futures go together. It's lost $800 million over the last couple of months. Uh, So let's call call it a billion dollars. The father started it. The son, the only son, has lost lost the $800 million. I saw that. And that is, I think, that is what this is all about now, partly. Massive forced liquidation by their bankers. So this is a once-off. Maybe it's an opportunity to buy. Maybe we should be buying Cecil. Oh, a 10. You know, Cecil's, Cecil's, uh, I'm looking down, it's down in the 52 area. It's hard to predict. I don't think it's been hurt anywhere close as, um, you know, half as bad as the others, simply because it's more aligned to Brent rather than uh, WTI. So Mm. it's down 4.5% to 55. It has come off its highs of 75 I think it's got other issues, you know, rather than just uh, mm. where we are. At the, you know, rather WTI. Uh, David, anyway. uh, let's uh, let's end our chat on on football matters if we can, mm. because um, I was I was bored today, and no one was messaging me. I wasn't getting any emails. <laughs> I wasn't getting any love from people. I tried to speak to two two airline executives about the future of the airline industry, uh, which I want to do and I will do in the next couple of days, but. So because people rejected me, I I turned on the television and there was a Manchester United-Arsenal game on TV. It was nil-nil, but it was one of the better nil-nil draws you'll ever see. Mm. Uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy missed a penalty after 92 and a half minutes. Uh, They got this penalty, which was dubious. Um, And it was, do you know what it was there? It was so feisty. You had Roy Keane, you had Ronaldo, uh, you had Patrick Vieira. You get Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane on the same pitch. Yeah. Wow, it was fantastic. There were so many dust-ups. What year was that? 
think it was 94 or 95, something like that. I don't know, but Ronaldo was a youngster. He did nothing. He's obviously a Van much Nistelrooy better player was, today. Was it? Yeah. But Van Nistelrooy, he I missed a penalty. Could have been later on. Yeah. Could have been later than that. Uh, could have been. Uh, yeah, Vieira, yeah. Could have been early 2000s or something like that. Anyway, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, those were better days. They were good. You know what? Both those teams, I mean, when you compare them today, uh, incomparable. I mean, uh, especially those players, the Keens, uh, chaps like that, uh, Vieiras, uh, from Nisselroy. Hey, brilliant players. That was Man, that, that was Man United at their best. But, um, I, I miss it. I'm, I'm, I'm suffering, you know, withdrawal symptoms now. I'm even suffering my food. I just, uh, gained down this, this, this. I'm, I, I, I'm missing my deli salad. I'm missing my. Are you my, missing tashes, aren't you? <laughs> I'm missing, not tashes, balls. There's a, there's a beef roll that you dip in gravy. <laughs> 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 and just, oh, no. on the subject I'm of football, to to, I noticed you had a go at Ipswich Town <laughs> over the weekend. Was that, I thought you'd pick that up. Was that directed at me? Some, no, yeah, well, kind of half. But then someone reminded me of the 1978 uh, FA Cup, which I happened to be in London and watched. And when uh, Ipswich beat Arsenal 1-0. I watched it over the weekend as well. It was a great did you, game. Did you? Yes, I did. Ipswich <laughs> hit the post uh, twice, hit the bar once, and then in the oh. 78th minute, funnily enough, uh, 77th minute, Roger Osborne came up and scored. And you yeah. had uh, Ray, was it Ray Jennings? Ray Parler. Oh, Ray Jennings. No, uh, yeah, the, the goalkeeper. Um, could have been Jennings. It was Jennings. Jennings was in goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Malcolm McDonald was your centre forward. What a game that was. Oh. One of the proudest uh, days in my I was 16 years old then. I loved it. Was he? Mm. I was there. And I, I remembered I went across particularly for that. And uh, we went to Hillwood, who was the chairman of Arsenal. Yes. And I can't remember. He was an absolute gentleman. And I was there with my dad. And we went into the Hall of Mirrors, Mirrors which was there boardroom table you know he was a uh, and we sat there looking around feeling very insecure and that and he came in and gave us his tickets um you know to to, to go to the game um yeah no it was my first trip with my dad to london uh, he outpaced me i could not believe it those were the days Lindsay. You know, 10 o'clock in a, 10 o'clock in a wine bar, lunch that went on to three. Oh, I, I was gone. I was finished. I was first, uh, by 10 o'clock, I was in, you know, finished there. My dad, he had a constitution like a mule. He could just go on and on and on, but, uh, made a complete ass of me. I was finished. <laughs> David Shapiro is the finished deputy chairman of Sassan Securities in Johannesburg, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.